1: Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a great discussion going back to a little bit of my roots, um, which I probably was in this business <clears throat> maybe before my guest, <laughs> maybe before my guest was even born. I mean, that's kind of a scary thought. But um, you know, it's it, it's we're going to be talking a lot about marketing and some some changes, some new trends, old trends, all of these various things. And to me, that's fascinating because that is what I started out doing in in this world of business. So you, know, as I said, it's going to be great fun. So please join me in welcoming Ryan Cote to our program today. Welcome Ryan.
2: Thanks Deb, happy to be here.
1: Great, well let me tell people a little bit about you before we jump in. So Ryan Cote is the Director of Digital Services and partner at Ballantine, a third generation, family owned, direct mail and digital marketing company based out of Fairfield, New Jersey. With Ballantine since 2003, A family-owned business started in 1966 by his great-uncle, Ryan now manages the growing digital marketing division. From lead generation to marketing strategy for small businesses, Ryan and his company rise above the get-featured-quick schemes so often attributed to digital marketing. He loves to geek out on technical marketing talk as well as work with the real-world business, real business owners about growing their book of business in today's online world. So again, Ryan, welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: you know, and I, I love the whole get rich quick thing you know, or, or get noticed quick. You know, how many times do we have clients come to us and say, please make me go viral? Right.
2: Right. Or they yeah. want the media results, results. Yeah, right,
1: and, right. Yeah. And they always have, you know, like I mentioned, I've been doing this for over 20 years. And and you know, we've always had clients that have said, make us a million dollars, sell our product, get us visibility, all of these various things. And what they don't understand that unless something you know weird happens. It's all about building brand loyalty, you know, right. making people see your message multiple times. You know, they're not going to see your product, see your service once and go, oh my gosh, I must buy that. You know, every once in a while it happens, we, we get lightning in a bottle, but that doesn't really happen. And so I love that you guys combine several of the big marketing aspects into your firm and, and really work on focusing on those.
2: Yeah. And we find that generally when you combine different channels, it's really hard to, it's really hard to rely on one channel nowadays. Mm -hmm. There's so much noise out there. Um, Everyone's got, everyone's wearing multiple hats. Mm -hmm. They've got distractions and just general life and, you know, and so we find that multiple channels is really necessary now because you you need to be in their inbox, in their mailbox, Mm -hmm. in their social feed, on Google. And so we try to really synergistically combine different channels to get results and, uh, and that's a that's not just marketing speed. That really is uh, what we find to be you know the right. best, right. The best use of marketing dollars.
1: Well, one of the things that I mentioned in your bio is that it's a family-owned business and has been since 1966, yeah. and you know, I always like to ask my guests how they got to where they were, you know, and you kind of had this family business. So, you know, was it a given that you would always enter or did you think, Oh, you know, no, no, no. How did you really decide that this was going to be your passion in life?
2: So I have a marketing degree. So I knew I was going to be in marketing. So Mm -hmm. I I didn't go into the family business actually right at college. So I am, uh, I had, so I graduated college in 2001. Yeah, so I two, for two years I had other jobs. I had two mm-hmm. other jobs. They were in the marketing space. Uh, mm-hmm. I worked in uh, Crestkill, New Jersey, a small little town that mm-hmm. I heard of, uh, and then I worked in New York City. Uh, okay. So, so I had other jobs outside of of family business for a couple mm-hmm. years. And I honestly, had, I honestly did not think about coming into the business. I don't know why. I don't remember going back that long. Like what the reasoning was. I just didn't have any interest. I guess mm-hmm. uh, my middle brother, who's on the print side, he went to RIT for printing. And we were back then, we were strictly direct mail. So that okay. was like, that's what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, he came into business like three months before me. And I think once he came into the business, I started thinking, you know what? Maybe this would be kind of neat to work with my brother. And, and so uh, I, I approached my dad and my uncle and I gave him, you know, at that time, they didn't have anyone doing marketing for the company.
1: Right. So you really had to pitch them.
2: I did have to pitch them and they were interested because they didn't have anyone mark. They were, they were kind of doing marketing themselves. They, Mm -hmm. they were doing trade shows and they were, uh, it's kind of funny to look back at some of the things they were doing for the trade shows, like to get Mm -hmm. people to come into the booth. Um, like, you know, sending out like, uh, like almost like gift cards, but tearing one in half and then mailing out and say, Hey, for the other half, come to the booth.
1: Ah, That's actually kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. I think it actually kind of worked. So they were Mm -hmm. kind of going more grassroots. And then, um, I just said, yeah, i I'm interested in you know they made me yeah, you know, we thought about it for a couple of months. I wasn't making an impulse decision, and lo and behold now, what is this now? sixteen years later, um, wow. I'm still here, and i you know one of the partners of my so my other brother, my third brother, he had actually had a job for about ten years mm-hmm. doing finance operations mm-hmm. uh, for a big travel company in Boston. He came on board three years ago, mm-hmm. so um we eventually. The mom's very happy. She has I three, bet. three I boys bet. in the company, so that's the kind of the path.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of my family members seems to be making its presence known. One of my cats, and and they never meow, and now all of a sudden she is. She must be lost. Um,
2: <laughs> I don't hear anything, so I
1: know. Yeah, she's well. She she gets you know, poor little thing. She does get lost, and so she wanders around till she finds me. Um, but so if we if she keeps meowing, that's what's going on. Um, I um, two, but
2: two cats, too, so.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting to be in a family business. Um, you know, I'm not, never have been, you know, that's, my family was not in the type of industry that, that I would be joining. And so it's always curious to me about family businesses because, you know, more than anything, I think a big part of it is the fact that businesses don't last that long, you know, and, and. And and so you've got these businesses, whether it's you know say a serial entrepreneur who you know has their business, sells it, goes on all these various things, or the children just really aren't interested in it. So you know what do you what do you like about working in a family business? And and you know obviously it's working for you because you've been there so long. But you know is it you know tell us a little bit more about that.
2: What I like about it, I mean, so I think the reason well. I th- yeah, you're right. Most companies don't last this long. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think it comes down to, you know, we all have our set roles. Mm-hmm. And so um, my uncle is very good at, at sales and, mm-hmm. and managing big accounts. My father was also good at very uh, good at sales, but he also um, was very good with financial, mm-hmm. you know, finance and, and operations. And then my brother, Scott, the youngest, when they came on, they had a job for 10 years. You know, I, that was his role before. So he kind of, when my dad retired two years ago, or Uh, Yeah, two years ago, Mm -hmm. kind of filled that gap because myself and my other brother uh, Matt and my uncle they you know, we're not really that's not really our strong uh, strong Mm -hmm. suit, and so we all have our clear defined roles, and I think that really helps a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're respectful to each other. There's really no egos um, at all, so we work very well together. Mm -hmm. So what I like about it is the fact that we get along. Obviously, it's kind of cool to work with your brothers and and, and and uncle and trying to grow the business, the wins, the losses, and just. You know brainstorming and um you know now we have a full team for a while honestly it was just me on the marketing side um, wow. and then mm-hmm. when we started to do digital it was still just me mm-hmm. and now we have a full team of um there's 10 on the digital side and wow. it's little so weird for me to come into the office and see everyone like sitting there uh-huh. and i'm like oh it's 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 still um, my
1: group <laughs> yeah. my peeps and,
2: it, and the team is really and, and yeah everyone's really cool and everyone's mm-hmm. really fun and uh similar work ethics that's so it's for me now it's it's even it, it's really fun to come into work in addition mm-hmm. to my family having a team um and i guess there's you know i guess there's some i mean we're all very entrepreneurial so mm-hmm. it's just fun to work with your family and, and kind of just brainstorm about business and stuff so right. for me it's just a fun thing every day
1: and mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, i always worry about you know what happens if there's conflicts you know are you then going to have really uncomfortable holidays or you know, and i mean that can happen no matter what but um you know it's i i i, I like the the idea and it, you know it would have been interesting to have been in in the type of business like that but yeah you know it just just wasn't the my my father worked for in colorado for the division of wildlife Mm-hmm. And so, you know, state of Colorado employee, great job. I mean, he, you know, he, he absolutely, but not really something that a kid follows into, you know, because he's right. a state employee.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, and there, there is, I guess there is no separate, like you mentioned, the holidays. They're really, so we do have some conflict sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's never really, we're all pretty laid back. So it's never, even in the really tough times, it's never escalates to the point where it's, there's serious friction. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot. Um, but yeah, there's no separation during the holidays we do talk right. about. But it's not like our, our wives don't seem to care, mm-hmm. and it's not excessive by any means. I mean, right. maybe, maybe a little bit chit chat, but it's not. Well,
1: you mentioned your mom; she's probably going to cuff your ears if you know you're you're quibbling over the the Christmas dinner. You know?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's very true.
1: Great. Well, yeah, I suppose we should get back to talking about you know marketing and, and things like that. I love that your company was originally a print company. And, you know, when I was looking on your website and, and researching things, it really did bring back a lot of memories for me of when we did print campaigns and we did big print campaigns because, of course, it was much less expensive to run, a fa- you know, a 10,000 piece run or or you couldn't even do it. You know, the, the equipment didn't exist where you could do much smaller runs. Right. And we did, you know, your basic postcards, you know, and, and all of these things and what I love is you have now transitioned into doing such specialized pieces, and you know, we we won't really go into much detail. We want people to check out your website and, and see some of the things you do. But I love how you're still using print as a very big part of marketing because so many people went ah, direct mail. Oh no, we don't we don't do that anymore, and you guys are still using it, still using it very successfully.
2: Yeah, print honestly is still a very big part of our business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> digital is 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 gaining on print but they also print also had like a 45, 45 year head start mm-hmm. um, digit, print is still a very large part of our right. business i mean you know, it's really two different audiences though so on the print side we usually work with very large companies that mm-hmm. do a lot of mail and they need help handling it right for certain demographics print still works very well mm-hmm. like travel.
1: they expect print they, they you know they're they not going it. to look at something online they
2: want it Nonprofit huge mm-hmm. for print a oh, lot yeah. of profit clients mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we still, you know, print's still a big part of our business. Is it changing? Yeah. The, the, uh, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was just huge campaigns where, right. you know, targeting was sort of an afterthought. It was kind of just like, let's mail it to everyone. Kind of mm, like
1: we yeah. To, you you bought the zip codes in a certain area, and that was about as targeted as you got.
2: I mean, the AOL mailers that we used to do, they would just mail to anyone with a post you know, a mailbox. So. Right.
1: Computer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So now uh, there's still some big campaigns, but it's, it's, they're less common. Uh, the data has gotten really strong, so you can get really targeted with your campaigns. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, the, the presses, the printing presses, have really evolved, where nowadays you've got digital presses, you've got right. really specialized presses, you can mm-hmm. do video mailers, um, you can do these crazy packages that, um, that just weren't, pop- uh, not packages, crazy formats that weren't mm-hmm. possible. Back in the day, right. that's kind of how it's, it's evolved. Mm-hmm.
1: Neat. Well, and die cut and colors and, and, you know, all of these various things. It was interesting. I was reading um, a book for one of our, our guests uh, in, in April, and he was talking about pitching himself as a speaker to various companies. And one of the things in his book he, he said is, you know, always use a really brightly colored envelope. And then when he follows up with and, you know, and and it's probably just an envelope that that he gets, you know, at at Staples or whatever. He said, but then when he follows up, he said, remember me, I'm the one who sent you the pink envelope. Hmm. And he said, you know, they always remember that that was what it was. And, And, you know, and I remember those things when you get it and it's a little bit different. You're like, oh, you know, this this is cool
2: because you want to stand out. Uh, you right. made me think of a client that we still work with, New Jersey Monthly. They're a mm-hmm. regional publication um, here, obviously, in New Jersey. And they tested, they, they, for a while, they were mailing just like a white, it's called number 10. I don't think mm-hmm. it's just like a business envelope, And right. white envelope. And they tested a bright green envelope. Mm-hmm. That one mm-hmm. beat the white. So it, mm-hmm. it looked a little bit funky, but I think that was a point. It kind of stood out. Right. You know, it stood out from the rest of the noise that mm-hmm. everyone's getting. So it's, uh, yeah, the colored envelopes uh, just kind of standing out works. Can
1: work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that's something pretty simple and pretty basic, but we don't stop to think about it. Um, right. you know, and, and, you know, and as you mentioned earlier, a lot of times we're, we're relying too much on one method. Of course, the new, <laughs> new as in the last 10 years, is digital you know and, and we think well i'm going to post on facebook because that's where everybody is or you know at least hopefully generally we're going to have a website you know because that's where it is but it truly is about combining and you know i love that that you work with clients and you tell people, you know, it has to be, when you're combining things like that, it really is about having synergy. You know, your, your direct mail piece can't, you know, if, you, if you're if you directing somebody to your website, they've got to look the same, all those various things. And so talk to us a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. So one example comes to mind, uh, we're, we're working with a dealership and we're doing all their digital, all their print. And so, yeah, everything's synergistically combined. And so, like, we're doing a postcard for them. Mm-hmm emails for them to rented to rented email data to per people in a certain geo that are in market for a certain vehicle. Mm-hmm. And the print looks very similar to the digital. They're pushing the same offers. The social ads that are going up, same thing. Mm-hmm. It all kind of just weaves together. Um, and we honestly we, we try to just push that here, almost like force it where you know everyone has their own specialty here, but we mm-hmm. try to kind of force everyone to work together right. to share things. By putting meetings in their calendar to get everyone to talk, mm-hmm. you can't rely on one channel. Like I said before, like look, look at Facebook. Um, I mean, two things come to mind: the fact that they just throttle down their organic reach almost nothing.
1: Right? Those algorithms change all the time.
2: Right. And now all the data, the privacy issues they're having. Now they start removing mm-hmm. all those all the previous targeting selects that were mm-hmm. available to advertisers. So you just can't rely on one channel, and um, it's just that's you know, evidence. And, proving what's happened with Facebook.
1: Well, and you know the other thing and this just always drives me nuts and and I focus on social media when when I'm working with clients. But probably several times a month, you know, at least it's dwindled. It used to be more that people would say this, I'm not going to have a website, I'm just going to have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, that's, and and you really try to not roll your eyes at them or you know, you know, because <laughs> Facebook is owned by Facebook. It's their right. toy. You right. know, and and I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever it is, those things come and they go. I mean, look at the the other platforms that people you know, Google, you know, Google keeps trying all these. And maybe I'm hoping they're finally giving up on these things. But, you know, all these other uh, MySpace. I think somewhere out there may even still have a MySpace page. We thought, wow, that's the coolest thing, and then it, it changes and or goes away, um, right. you know. And and so by having your own website, that's yours, and I think that's what so many, especially small business owners, think. Oh, you know, it's expensive, it's complicated. And I can just have a Facebook page. Well, that's nice until Facebook says, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to advertise to the people you wanted or, hmm, you sound kind of political, so we're not going to let you post. You know, I I do uh, some work for business associations and we had a a speaker who was from the uh, Georgia Department of Labor and he was talking about labor trends. I mean, you know, it's going to be a very interesting program. We could not advertise because they said it was political. Oh, wow. And and we didn't have enough time to go through the hoops and bells of being declared non-political. And so, you know, we, and the funny thing we took out department of labor and then, you know, the ads went through. I mean, that was, you know, that was, was it, but you know, it's, it, it is about owning your own real estate, you know, Great and, point. and making sure that you've got that.
2: Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. You want to have definitely, <clears throat> if it's, if you're building your platform on someone else's platform, you know, it can go away at any moment. Mm-hmm. Look, look yeah. how many people built their business on, Google organic, you know, search right. engine optimization. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make so many algorithm updates. Even mm-hmm. one that's a recent, recently as March twelfth, two thousand nineteen. Right. So um, you can't, yeah, you do know, have, have to own your, you have to own your own website. And it's mm-hmm. not expensive. You don't have to have a, a an agency or marketing company do it. You can, you can get at least something going on your own. Right. And mm-hmm. then when you're ready to invest in a more professional site, then you move. Mm-hmm. You make the move. But uh, you, you definitely need to have your own site.
1: Right. So what are some other ways that we really need to integrate our print? And, you know, and, and many people need to be doing print. I mean, even if it's just as basic as your stationery, your business card, right. you know, a, a, how do we integrate our print and our digital marketing?
2: I mean, so here's some ideas. Um, you know, I'm, we already discussed, was basically if you're mailing, if you're sending out a postcard and, and, and sending out, um, you know, an email, obviously you, you want the two messages and the creative to look mm-hmm. similar, assuming that they're going out at the same time. Um, but with also with for Facebook for example, and even LinkedIn now, you can. Um, all right, so let's say you're doing a multi-prong approach. You're you're mm-hmm. sending out a postcard to a list. Okay, you also have their email addresses. So then you're mm-hmm. sending an email to the same people that are getting the postcard. Mm-hmm. You can take that mail file that has postal and email, and you can upload it to Facebook, and now you can upload it to LinkedIn, cool. and then find the matches. Not mm-hmm. gonna be 100, percent but it would be could be you know mm-hmm. depending on the data, it could be high. And then so a certain percentage of the people are going to get your postcard or whatever mm-hmm. the piece is, your letter. Um, they're going to get your email in their inbox, and they're going to get your ad in their LinkedIn and or Facebook feed. So that's a very a doable way to kind of integrate all the channels together, mm-hmm. you know, multiple touch points. Sorry, I almost hit my mic there. Uh, right. Multiple touch points mm-hmm. um, to increase response rate. Mm-hmm. That's, what we, that's what we see most commonly.
1: Right, you know, and I, you know, they they used to say that you had to see something seven times before you actually decided to to buy it. And you know, I've never seen an updated stat. It has to be updated simply because we get inundated with so much now that you know we really need to beat somebody over the head with something multiple times before they pay attention. But it is about being in those multiple platforms. You know, I might get the postcard, and I see you know two or three Facebook posts about it. And then, you know, something, you know, the, the, the eighth, ninth time, whatever, triggers, like, oh, yeah. But it's built on those other things um, that, that were out there. And, you know, and, and again, we can't rely on one thing. I have so many people that say, nobody responded to my Facebook ad. Well, you know, if that's the only thing they're seeing, it's really easy for them to miss it. Same thing with direct mail. I mean, you know, it can get, you know, caught in something else, get thrown away, you know, all of those various things. So we have to do multiples, yeah. Cause
2: you don't know, you don't know what their buying cycle is. For mm-hmm. example, you don't know where they are, you know, um, in terms of buying what you're selling, whether it be mm-hmm. a product or service. And you're right. The timing needs to be right. You might send them a postcard or a mail piece mm-hmm. um, and, or an email and they just might not see it because the kit, their kids are t- talking to them or something's right. happening where they're just mm-hmm. distracted and, and they don't see it the first time mm-hmm. around. So there's so many variables that go into it. That's why it just takes multiple, um, you know, multiple touch points. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, multiple messages. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the I don't know what the updating number is, but yeah, I would say it's probably higher. It's got
1: to be much higher than seven. And it's really funny. I've never seen it updated. Um, you know, and and but yeah, I mean, just look at I, I, I forget how many they they now say we see like a thousand messages a day. Um, if you know it, more, if you're somebody like me who's on Facebook all the time, or somebody who's watching a lot of TV, you know, things like that.
2: Maybe we don't want to see the updated number. Maybe see I it. know,
1: yeah, because as marketing people, we think oh, we can't. <laughs> do it. There's no way we can't do it, um, but but yeah. So it's it is interesting, and and it's again, it takes repetition. You know, it's it's sending it over and over again. Um, but you know, you you mentioned this, and and let's let's delve into it a little bit more. Is knowing who your market is. Yep. So how do you work with your clients to really get them? Because you know, I'm sure you hear it too. Who is your target market? Everybody? No no, no, no. <laughs> so how do you work with your clients to really get them to hone in on who they are truly trying to market to?
2: Yeah. I, I, first of all, I agree with you, Deb. That if you're marketing to everyone, you're really marketing to no one. So right. mm-hmm. what we do to help, and this is to help the client, but it's really to help us too, just mm-hmm. to make us more successful. This is the way we do it. Um, you know, We start off every new client engagement, uh, and this is not a pitch for Valentine. I'm just, just explaining the process. Mm-hmm. We start off every engagement with a positioning statement exercise so we, we get with the client and we understand you know what do you sell who do you sell to mm-hmm. um why do why do customers buy from you um, and that kind of gives an idea as to when we're creating content for them or creating an ad for them on google or what have you we know you know what resonates who, who, first of all who are you, who are we speaking to
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and then what resonates with them like why do they buy What what are the uh, factors for when they make a purchase of your product or service and so, you know, obviously the client needs to have some sense as to, you know, those answers.
1: <laughs> Hopefully they do. They can tell you that.
2: Yeah. If it's a startup, you know, then I, it takes a little more research, but, mm-hmm. um, and that really guides our whole, our whole strategy, you know, so when you're running Google ads, you know, what keywords are we going to bid on um, SEO? What keywords are we going to go after? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we're running LinkedIn ads or Facebook, uh, LinkedIn ads, what job titles, what industries, what groups, if you're buying a mail list, you know, same thing. Mm-hmm. So it really, you need to know those answers, you know, who, uh, what do you sell? Who do you sell to? And why do, why do customers buy to you? Like what resonates? What are they really buying for? Mm-hmm.
1: Like,
2: what are the factors when they're making a decision right. and that kind of guides the whole strategy. Mm-hmm.
1: And again, it is, you know, what they need. Um, it was funny. I was talking with somebody earlier today. Um, I, I am very active in the dog show world. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, there are dog shows and, and so, uh, People typically get the the information about it in a little printed document. It's called a premium list, and you know, and that's the way they've done it since you know. And and of course, that's that that your favorite phrase. Well, that's the way we've always done it. Um, and you know, recently though, they've started saying, "Well, it's online only." That's great, except a great number of the people who participate aren't online or aren't online savvy you know they might have gmail they might still have aol you know, they know how obviously how to go to websites and things like that but downloading a pdf doing online entries things like that they just don't know how to do that right. and so they're you know the people who've said well let's make it simpler have actually gotten rid of part of their market and whether that's good or bad, I mean, you know, maybe they meant to do that, but you know it, was, it really was a discussion we had today because it, I noticed it said this is online only, and I thought, no, no,
2: that hmm. is a that reminds me of a client we have. It's an association that uh, caters to dentists, and they're a lot of mm-hmm. them are older. Mm-hmm. And they tried to push just a newsletter that was through email, and they right. got you know they had a lot of requests like, hey, we actually like getting the the printed piece mm-hmm. it to us, please, too. So. Yeah, you really. It obviously depends on your product and your service, but right. um, you want to you want to offer both mediums. And a lot of companies will ask you, do you want to even like like bills you get? Do you want to mm-hmm. get the statement in the mail, or do you want to get? I know, the
1: I you know, I, the, the weird option. thing, I pay everything online, which I probably shouldn't say here, but um, <laughs> but I still want the printed copy, and and I know I could get it and print it, but you know, I want them to pay those costs. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's exactly what you said. It it's knowing your market, knowing how they want to be reached. I,
2: I, for me and this is kind of uh, this is a little bit off topic, but for me it's the same as uh, same as you know books here right uh, mm-hmm. I, I like to I, I, so I do read on my Kindle just for convenience uh, my mm-hmm. phone, but i do like I do like having like a printed book and that right. mm-hmm. just feels just feels different, obviously mm-hmm. it feels different, but it just experiences different, I should say mm-hmm. right so.
1: well, and you know it's it's funny uh, my business books I will read online. You know, I, I read the PDF, I read the e-versions, whatever. Um, and, and maybe part of that is because then I can kind of make some notes and, and all those various things. But yeah, my, my books that I read for personal enjoyment I like the physical book. I like that feeling. Um, now, you know, you and I were sharing before the program that your father collects books. My husband collects books. So I never, ever dog ear a page or write in it because oh, I get in serious okay. trouble. But, um, but yeah, there's just something about still wanting that book. And same thing with newspapers. I get a physical newspaper on the weekends. I like to sit and read, and you know, you're in the land of the New York Times. So you know, the people that still get that puzzle, you know, they might not care about anything else, but they want that.
2: Yeah, yeah. And my 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 wife's now late grandmother. She used to do the puzzle all the time. She loved mm-hmm. it. Um, so bringing back and, memories here.
1: And and certainly, there's ways to do it online, but the, it's just not different. The and but yeah, and I'm assuming that she was probably one who did it in pen.
2: Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I yeah I, have to, I don't remember those details. You no, know,
1: I have to do them in pencil, yeah, cuz I'm like, oh, that's really not what that word was. Okay. So <laughs> But Oh, holy schmolly, we really digress there. But but actually it is, you know, it, it it is making the point that we have to know who we're going to reach. But then of course the the key thing is actually Getting that information back, you know, just having them see it and go, "Oh, what a pretty ad!" does nothing. We want to turn them into leads. Yeah. So, what are ways that we can drive leads with our digital marketing?
2: Yeah. So this, um, I mean, this question alone could could uh, take us to the end of the interview. That's
1: great. I love this stuff. Like you <laughs> geek out on some, I geek out on this.
2: Okay. So, all right. So there's different. So different marketing channels are going to produce different results. So, mm-hmm. for example. Um, we, we spoke about the fact that it takes multiple repeat exposure mm-hmm. to a prospect and it does, mm-hmm. but there are some channels that it takes a little bit less because they are further down the cycle of the bot. Bu- they're further down the buying cycle. Okay. So for example, search engine optimization and Google, uh, ads and Bing ads, Yahoo, not to leave mm-hmm. them out, but, um, you know, you're bidding on keywords. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the keywords you're buying uh, you're, and, and targeting an SEO, um, you're you know going into the more the ones that are more more commercial intent
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: someone that knows that they're looking for something they have they're looking for a solution they're looking for a product mm-hmm. so for example um, shoes versus adidas red sneakers or something like that mm-hmm. you know someone typing shoes is in research they're just looking for right. you know, what their options are where someone's more specific and they're going to Google they're typing in that keyword mm-hmm. that's someone that's pretty much there to make a purchase mm-hmm. So, we do that with our clients. So, you know, a lot of our clients are B2B, so it's more like company keywords, service keywords, mm-hmm. maybe product keywords, depending on the client. But, you know, we're targeting people that are further down the cycle, they have a need, and they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. So that, we find that SEO and Google Ads, they tend to convert a little bit higher because just the nature of, of what I just described. It's something that's further down the cycle. They hit your site. Hopefully, you've got some good call to actions, which takes me to the next point. You want your website. You need to have a website. Can you scan right. some yes. fa- the Facebook? Have the
1: website. Let's <laughs> hammer that into people. You
2: can use Facebook to get leads, but you want to have a website. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to have call to, strong call to actions. Obviously, it needs to be mobile responsive. It needs to have um, you know secure URLs. That's best practice. You might as mm-hmm. well do it now. It's not expensive to do it. It's right. like free It's been in your hosting company. Um, uh, mobile responsive, uh, fast, low time. Uh, strong call to actions, mm-hmm. call to actions, meaning like, hey, buy now or sign up for our email list mm-hmm. or contact us. And just don't just rely on your contact link in the header. That's fine. But um, you want to have like your phone number in the, in, in the top right corner, mm-hmm. email address. You want to have buttons right at the site. You want to have opt-ins. Um, we're even testing something right now um, called push notifications. So if you mm-hmm. go to valentine.com, you'll get mm-hmm. a little notification in the top left that says valentine.com. It
1: did. Do you wish to receive notifications? I would, not now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you had said allow, um, when we send out our emails and our our blog content, we send a little push notification out. Like, it's all value. There's no, like, sales pitches. Um, Like, hey, check out our blog posts. And so Mm -hmm. it's, like, things like that. Like, call to actions where you're prompting a person to either sign up for your push notifications, Mm -hmm. sign up for your email list, contact you. Um, That is really, like, that's, like, really the foundational stuff. um, Right. Um, obviously, you need to have a way for people to reach out to you. So, going back to the strategies, Google uh, SEO and PPC, pay per click and search engine optimization, those tend to convert higher because someone you know they have a need, they're looking for looking for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then there's things like, like social media um, that tends to be a little bit more brand awareness. It is, um, but um, sometimes the timing is right where the person. You know, they come across your Facebook or your LinkedIn post, and they are actually looking for what you what you offer. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of fuel the fuel the fire with uh, advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook nowadays um, you have to advertise in order to get reach on your content. LinkedIn not as much, but eventually they'll probably they'll probably be like Facebook, mm-hmm. um, Instagram. They're sort of in the middle, so owned by owned by Facebook. But you can run advertising campaigns. So right. use a LinkedIn as an example. Um, you, know, you can target job titles. You can target um, industries, mm-hmm. a lot of other things, age, all that. You can even target groups. So you mentioned uh, the dog show. So I don't know if maybe there's you – know, obviously there's going to be dog groups out there, sure. mm-hmm. dog owner groups out there, and you can target mm-hmm. people that are part of those groups. So you can get pretty specific. So while social media is a little bit more brand awareness and just brand building, like you're th- building your authority, mm-hmm. uh, you can use the advertising platforms. You know, They're collecting all this data on us. And then you can run ads to a very mm-hmm. specific person. So you don't, you might not get the timing right, but you're going to get in front of the right person. Mm-hmm. And right. so the odds are a little bit more in your favor. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, um, you know, with social adver- advertising, the softer sell, like trying to get an opt-in versus right. trying to get them to reach out to you for a quote,
0: mm-hmm. you're going
2: to obviously get more leads if you're just trying to get an email from them. So, mm-hmm. you know, think about, think about that as well.
1: Right. Do you have um, something of value, like an ebook or something? You know, something that that's going to to get them to give you the your email address.
2: Right. Exactly. And then you have to call them and try to convert them into a customer. Mm-hmm. But that's the way. That's like beginning in the funnel kind of uh, kind of strategy, mm-hmm. getting them into your world, onto your email list, and then you go from there. Right. Um, content. Yeah, I definitely want to buy content. So for content for us, it's um, it's an SEO strategy because mm-hmm. we're optimizing all our content. But I, one tip I want to give um, the audience, actually two tips er, around content in terms of lead generation, um, and really organic, you know, building more organic visibility is um, we're seeing a lot of success with transcription blog posts. Have you ever tried of yeah. transcription mm-hmm. Blog post? basically, uh, for example, like this interview. Interview, right. you can transcribe it, but you can't just put it. You, you want to transcribe it and then edit into a, a, a well-written blog post. Mm-hmm. You start with the audio you transcribe it and then you edit it heavily into like an actual blog post. Mm-hmm. And we use that for some of our clients that have more technical topics or they want it written in a specific way. Okay. So say, okay. Let's suck out all the knowledge from your head mm-hmm. and we'll transcribe it and then we'll turn it into a, an expert level blog post right. that you can share on social. You can put on your website and content like that tends to convert higher because it's like, wow, this person really knows what they're, what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I need to work with them. Um, so um that's really effective um, mm-hmm. and it, the last thing on content, and then I'll stop talking um is looking at old blog posts,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay, especially ones that are doing very well, right, and then revising them, adding to them mm-hmm. don't change too much of the copy because there's mm-hmm. a reason why google's right,
1: working. yeah, they liked it for a specific reason, mm-hmm. right,
2: but add to it, mm-hmm. so if it's six hundred words, make it nine hundred words or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the number is and as of right now, time is recording that always increases the organic traffic to that blog hmm, post. Interesting. There's more opportunities to convert into a lead. hmm So. That's
1: well, and, and blog posts, it's funny, you know, blog posts, you know, people were like, oh, they have to be really short. Oh, they have to be really, really long. And I write it the length it needs to be, you know, and, and now if it gets really long, can you break it into two? I mean, you know, that's, that's the thing. But, um, you and know, and it's that way with with anything, you know, people are like, well, you should only write a two sentence Facebook post. Uh, well, if you can say it in two sentences, sure, you know, but if it takes longer than that, take longer. um you know, or write it, you know, you you mentioned those very good words that people never remember to do, that fun little call to action. You know, maybe it is just two words, but maybe it's click here to read more. you know, whatever it is, um, you know, make sure and and that is one of the things, you know, folks. There is a call to action, even if it's just comment or you know share or whatever. Give people something to do, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this, Ryan, but one of the things that I have noticed is people seem to think they need permission. You know, I when I was blogging for a long time, people would never comment, never comment, and I, and so then nobody is reading it. You know, those type of things, but. When I added the little sentence saying "Please comment below," people are like, "Oh, okay," um, you know. And and or if you tell people on Facebook, share this. For some reason, they think they need permission. So you know, do that. You know, make sure that you're telling them, "Hey, it's okay to share this and comment and all those things."
2: Yeah, tell people what you want them to do. Don't don't mm-hmm. assume that they know. Um, don't assume that they know what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. There's a book um, called "Don't Make Me Think." It's about conversion rate optimization.
1: <laughs> I like There's, that. It's
2: really simple. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. I'm actually reading a book right now called um, "It's called uh, Making Websites Win." I think it is by ah. Google, Conversion Rate experts mm-hmm. or something like that. Really good. Just gives you a lot of ideas on how to take your website and make it into a winner. Right. Um, simple little thing that we've found that works. Um, if you're on WordPress, there's a plugin called Call Now Button, mm-hmm. and it's called, a Call Now Button. It's free. If, if you have WordPress, it's it's only usable for WordPress.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but basically, just adds on the on your on the mobile device adds a very there's a couple of different formats. I can add like a little circular telephone mm-hmm. button or I can add like a little bar at the bottom and the person just has to tap it and then it calls. It, cool. It calls you. It's
1: mm-hmm.
2: Tweaks like that that can make a difference.
1: Right. Well, and it made it easy because, yep. you know, it, we're looking at it on our phone, you know, and, and so if you have to stop and go and look up the number, if you're like me, it's like, oh, squirrel. And and you know and, and then I forgot what I was going to do and I totally forgot that I was going to call them. So if you make it to just where I get to to the bottom, and you know I've read it and I think okay this is great, I want to talk to them. Oh look there's a button. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know and 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 we're not you know I had somebody one time we were designing some sites and they said you're making it dumb you're dumbing it down. Well no we're not dumbing things down we're just making it simple. You know we like simple simple works.
2: It really does, honestly. You need to keep things simple. Mm-hmm. Have you ever run um, like video uh, usability recordings on your on any of your sites? Where basically no, no. Oh,
1: what are simple. those?
2: Um, there's one. There's there's a whole bunch out there. The one we're using. Am I is it okay if I mention a product? We're mm-hmm. not telling them. Okay. Uh, it's called Hotjar. And we're just a okay. customer. There's uh, we just started using it maybe a month ago for our mm-hmm. own site, and maybe it's something we'll roll out to cl- roll out to clients. But basically, you can run. You can do like heat scroll maps. You can see how okay. far. Down yeah, how far more. down did they go? Mm-hmm. How far down did do they go? We learned on our homepage that no, one's go, no one goes past the initial header. No, like no, I shouldn't say no one. Most don't go past the header. Uh-huh. Now, is because our navigation and the buttons are really strong, or is because we need to adjust something? It's right. like, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Since so mm-hmm. you have like a scroll map, you don't know how far people are mm-hmm. going down. And the other thing is, um, you could do video recordings. You can literally record people. And they they blur out like any confidential information, right? A, right. Mm-hmm. But you could see people interacting um, on our site. Like for example, we saw the other day someone went to our meet the team page. And mm-hmm. They literally went to every single person, looked at their name, and their job title, name and job title, because you have to hover your oh, mouse. Oh, that over. sounds
1: like me. Oh dear, I did oh, that you? today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, we were watching you. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it's things like that. You know, you make improvements um, based right. on what you the data you mm-hmm. get back.
1: It's well and the heat map thing I love that because you know the the trend seems to be and I you know I love watching trends with all of these things is that you know they've got this huge graphic image now, I have two great big monitors sitting here in front of me. And so, you know, I'm probably going to see something besides your your graphic. But right. on many monitors, you know, you're only going to see that big graphic image. And you look at it and you go, it's pretty. And then squirrel, you know, like I said. And so if you have nothing that people can see, you know, it's it's the old, you know, for those of us who are of that that age, the below the fold. You know, you've got your newspaper that folds in half. Are people going to look at what's below that? Right. So same thing with your website. Are they going to go down far enough to see what you really want them to see? And if you really, really, really want them to see it, then it needs to be further up.
2: Yeah, don't assume they're going to scroll. Whatever's mm-hmm. important, keep it at the very top of the page. Mm-hmm. Um, we even um, recommend, um, you know, they called sticky headers. Uh, right. You might be familiar with where it's basically mm-hmm. the, not, the top navigation.
1: Yeah, it just keeps going down with the, yeah. the content.
2: And we have call to actions. Our, mm-hmm. In our case, it's our phone number and our email address. And mm-hmm. Just follows you as you go down. So just, just like little tweaks like that. And mm-hmm. Keep on testing different things and seeing what comes back. Make sure you're tracking your phone calls. Make sure you're, you've got all your conversions set up in analytics. Sounds mm-hmm. technical, but it really is not. Just watch YouTube video and you'll. It's not hard. Um, track your form submissions. Track your phone calls. Uh, we use CallRail for that. It's mm-hmm. a paid service, but it's not terribly expensive. And mm-hmm. it, you need to be doing it. Um, you know, and make sure you're tracking. You're looking at your mm-hmm. analytics a lot and just mm-hmm. use the technology out there that. That will show you what your visitors are doing and how many, you know, how many are converting and what you can do to make tweaks to get more of these.
1: So now, Ryan, one of the things though that I'm I'm thinking as you're you're talking about this is, this works for great for a big business with a big budget. What about small business owners who are just thinking, oh my gosh, this costs so much, I can't do it. You know, what are, what are ways that a small business, you know, not that they're going to compete with the big guys. I mean, let's be honest, you know, they're, they're not competing, you know, the, the, you know, the, the little, little, little mom and pop coffee shop is not competing against Starbucks. Now, they might compete against the Starbucks around the corner, but they're, you know, they're not going to draw Starbucks business away. But how can small business owners still compete in this day and age?
2: So are, are we saying in, front of, in terms of the, the strategies or in terms sure. of just mm-hmm. making their website better? Oh, strategies? Yeah, let's talk strategies. Okay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so most of our clients are small businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, they're, they're hiring us for our services. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not
1: itsy-bitsy, but
2: yeah. Not itsy-bitsy. But if mm-hmm. we're talking about like, itsy-bitsy, um, yeah, I mean, it does, take, it does take money. I mean, you could do a, a SEO. Um, it, doesn't, it just takes – if you have more time than money, then you have to do things that mm-hmm. take time. And not money, like pay per click. Right, click. Mm-hmm. You have to pay Google, you know, for the ads, or mm-hmm. run very, very, very small campaigns in like a very specific zip code,
0: mm-hmm. where it won't
2: take more than a couple hundred dollars a month to run ads. Right, spend time thing. Spend time on things that that, that take time. So mm-hmm. SEO, search engine optimization. You don't mm-hmm. necessarily pay for anything there. You can you can do all the keyword optimization and all the SEO work um, yourself. Right, um, content write mm-hmm. your content, you know, spend a lot of time in creating content, make sure that the content's all keyword optimized, mm-hmm. social media. That one is more money now because you really had, you have to pay to right. play. Um, so I guess if I had to say the two strategies, uh, let's not forget email. Um, mm-hmm. Let's hope that they're, that, that they're building an email list. Right. And MailChimp is free up to 2000 mm-hmm. subscribers as of right now. So mm-hmm. you've got MailChimp for emails, you've got SEO doing it yourself and you've got creating content, mm-hmm. those three things alone, you yeah, that can get you, get you going.
1: Right. You know, and, and of course, one of the keys is we want to be found, you know, and, and you've mentioned SEO and, and things like that. And, you know, long gone are the days where somebody goes to even page two on a, a Google search, you know, and, and so I think, you know, and, and we also can't cheat anymore. You know, I remember when we first were designing websites, and this was before WordPress was, you know, even a figment of somebody's imagination. And we were, you know, using HTML, and you, you still do, but you know, you you really built the site on all of that, and so you inserted keywords and and all of these things. And and we would have you know people that would say, we want to put our competitors' names in the keywords because then if somebody looks for Walmart, they're going to find us, you know, or, or whatever that keyword was. And then of course Google went. <laughs> And, and you can get penalized for that, but you know, that, I think that is something that small business owners, we, because we do, we want to be found because if you're not found on the search engines and, you know, we'll just keep using the generic term Google, but what are some other ways that people, you know, can make sure that their, their website comes up higher in in a Google search?
2: So if we're talking about local businesses, um, you know, definitely make sure that you're on Google My Business. So if you go to google.com mm-hmm. forward slash business, make sure you've got your business on there. Name, address, phone number. If it's a home business, you can hide your address. Name, address, phone number, the right mm-hmm. category, your hours of operation, a
1: description,
2: mm-hmm. lay out all your products and services, photos. Just spend- and it's free,
1: folks. It's free. It's free.
2: It's, free. <laughs> it's your time. Um, time is money, but it's free. Right. Uh, so... Spend day, a couple of days just really going mm-hmm. crazy on that thing, just getting it fully filled out. Um, and with my business, you can. In my business, um, in case anyone doesn't know, it it fuels Google Maps. So mm-hmm. Google Maps for local searches, it pulls or it, it pulls the information from Google My Business. So mm-hmm. if you're a local business, you absolutely need to have. Right. And you know, oftentimes Google will create its own listing of you, but it's not verified. So mm-hmm. there's some disadvantages. You right. want you want to either create your listing or verify your listing.
1: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something very important in there and, and, you know, I hit on it because it's something that's near and dear to me that you can hide your home address. Yes. Um, You know, I home office, this hasn't happened in a long time, but like, um, I don't put my, my address on things like business cards and things because years ago I remember, and this was actually when we were back in Colorado three different times people came to my door. I mean, it's a house. It looks like a house. You know, know you've gone to a house and you know, one was somebody selling insurance. Another one was somebody, you know, they were all trying to sell me something and they couldn't understand why I was a little miffed (laughs) that they just appeared, you know, I'm in my t-shirt and sweats, you know, and, and things like that. And so, you know, as a home-based business, you know, whatever it is that, that we've got, we kind of got leery of that. Or we would go and we would go like to the UPS store and we would rent a, a post office box and, and things like that. But I love that on Google My Business, you can still have your presence and just have your, your address hidden.
2: You can. And if you don't hide it, what's going to happen is Google will, you know, they take pictures of all the homes.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. It gets confused then.
2: It will, And if you don't hide your address, it's actually going to put a picture of your address Right, and
1: your your mm-hmm. name.
2: Yeah, the right side is is your information. And that's mm-hmm. that's pulled from Google My Business. It's yep. gonna have your house. Mm-hmm. As soon as you hide it, it it doesn't use the house. It, it uses whatever photos you uploaded. Um, one other thing I want to mention, Deb, is uh, in terms of SEO. So Google My Business, that's an absolute must.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, also, you want to make sure you're having the right. And, it, and this is sort of like a basic tip. But I think it's, it's really important, and, and it's a free tool, so I want to mention it. No affiliation. Just it's what something that we, we
1: like. Need. Free, free is good. Free is good. <laughs>
2: It's called. Um, so it, it's a guy by uh, by the name of Neil Patel. He's a pretty well known marketer, mm-hmm. content marketer, and he bought a tool called Ubers, so, uh, Uber Uber Suggest. So oh, U mm-hmm. B E R Uber Suggest dot com. I can't remember, but if you just Google Uber Suggest, you'll find it. Mm-hmm. And he bought this tool. He's using it as a he's using it as a marketing thing for himself because mm-hmm. it's a lot of. He gets a lot of traffic from it, and then he pushes his own services because um, he's got a digital agency. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a really good keyword research tool. So you could basically go to Suggest and then put in you know whatever you're selling, and you'll get a whole list of keywords. Mm-hmm. How many people? How, how often people search for it per month? How competitive it is in terms mm-hmm. of SEO? And then make sure that you're either creating content around those keywords or that your your content is using those keywords right. in a natural way, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's a free tool that's pretty helpful. At least get your audience right. going in a great right
1: direction. Yeah. It's not get out the thesaurus, folks, and just list every single <laughs> – because that's what I've seen people do. You know, I'm a speaker, presenter, trainer. Okay, it, you are, but use those words in different places.
2: Yes. Yeah. Make it very natural, and mm-hmm. you can keyword stuff nowadays, and and it goes back to conversion rate, uh, getting leads. No one's gonna, no one's gonna read, come to your site and read this really keyword stuffed block mm-hmm. or wall of text, and be like, yes, I want to contact this person. It needs to really flow well as well, uh, flow too.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, and and it's not all that complicated or difficult to to do this. the The trick that I have seen kind of comes back to, you know, the people who say. Well, everyone is is who I'm trying to sell to, and as small business owners, and we talk about this a lot on the the program, we don't want to be we don't want to miss any opportunities is maybe the the best way to put it. So we don't fine-tune our market enough. And so, you know, you mentioned the difference between a specific brand of Adidas and shoes. You know, if you put in shoes, you're probably not even going to come up on a search unless it is, you know, a physical location type of, of thing. And somebody, oh, hey, they show, sell shoes and they're two miles away. Right. But um, you know, it's, it's one of those where the more specific you are, the the better it will be. You know, you don't because you don't want to be on page 20 of a Google search because you only put shoes. I mean, if you sell hand painted floral little girl shoes, that's your keywords.
2: Right. And you can use Uber UberSuggest to make sure that people are actually searching for it. Mm-hmm. But yes, the more specific you are, It's easier to rank generally. Mm -hmm. depends on the niche, of course. If we're talking about mortgages, it's nothing there is easy.
1: Uh, But you can still, I mean, you it could be home. It could be business. It could be second. I mean, yeah, there's, there's,
2: you You could probably find some, you're right. Maybe local, Mm -hmm. uh, Fairfield, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. home mortgage. Right. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So there
1: you're appealing to somebody who doesn't want to deal with just an online mortgage broker. You know, they want that personal touch.
2: Exactly. And, um, It's, you know, the more specific you are, the easier it is going to be to rank. And then also Mm -hmm. they tend to convert higher because like you said, they just, they know exactly what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, you get that person on your site and that's like the exact person that should be on there, Mm -hmm. you know, and they tend to convert higher.
1: Right. Well, you know, we've, you've mentioned it several times and, and it's the fact that now in many cases we do have to pay money to to get noticed in the, the digital world. Uh, you know, whether it's Facebook, whether it's, um, you know, uh, uh, Google AdWords, all of these, these various things. So what are some effective paid online strategies? Because, you know, whether you're a, a giant company or, you know, the little one person shop, we still have to be conscious of our money. So, you know, what, what are some great strategies for that?
2: So, I mean, I go back to this, um, you know, going back to Google ads, that's, it's a big part, big part of our digital business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just want to make sure you're starting off slow and bidding on very specific keywords. Mm-hmm. Keep the budget, met, keep the budget uh, capped at a, at a level you're comfortable with. You know, test running the ads during office hours. Um, there's the ways you can you can adjust a bit if it's mobile mm-hmm. versus not mobile. Desktop usually converts higher than mobile, so you can just have all your traffic go to desktop. Okay. Um, but a desktop, um, and then depending on your depending on your audience, I mean um, retargeting is really important. So that means mm-hmm. when someone comes to your site, they leave, they see your banner ads. If you've ever been to Amazon and put something in your cart, it'll haunt you for the rest of your life.
1: Oh, I know. That's,
2: that's retargeting.
1: Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> well, that's actually how I've started doing some of my searches. I'll just do a quick search, and then I know ads for it are going to pop up in Facebook and in all those. Yeah. And I'm never going to have to look again. It'll just keep appearing. You will not have to think; it's mm-hmm. just to
2: follow you around. Yep. So, do retargeting on Google's network. That's part of Google Ads. Then mm-hmm. you could do retargeting on Facebook.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That is important because. It just amplifies everything you're doing. You're pushing people to your site and they leave and they're going to see you everywhere. That's, that's a pretty effective paid advertising okay. uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's like new things that we're sort of dabbling with. I, I don't like reddit advertising. We don't have much experience with that, but I'm curious about it. I kind of want to try it, but I don't know if to say anything about mm-hmm. it, but I think you know for the audience listening, you might want to look into reddit advertising mm-hmm. if they've, they've recently uh, If that's
1: your audience, yeah, sure.
2: And here's the thing with mm-hmm. when I'm learning with Reddit, it's they have like subreddits for every possible oh. niche. Mm-hmm. So um, it's something that we're exploring here, but I think mm-hmm. it's just something your audience might want to take a look, and because mm-hmm. it's sort of new and kind of untapped, you know, unlike right. Google Ads.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and then you know there 's just the basics folks when you get that lead, you need to follow up with that lead and <clears throat> sometimes i 'm guilty of that <laughs> you know, and and be consistent i mean you know I, I like the people that blog and you know again i 'm guilty of this let 's blog um, whatever we might remember to um you know much more consistent obviously with my social media posts and and things like that but we mentioned it. There's so many things out there that distract us. Unfortunately, you have to keep reminding people that you exist.
2: All right. Yeah, you do. It, consistency is very important. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just once a month. I mean, There's a there's an SEO blog I followed mm-hmm. by this guy named uh, Brian Dean.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: Backlinko. So Backlink with an O at the end. Backlinko.com. Mm-hmm. He only posts uh, once a month. The man mm-hmm. that blog post is the most epic thing you've ever read. So he just spends <laughs> the whole month writing his blog post and releases it. And then everyone goes crazy over it. They share right. it, they link to mm-hmm. it, and it's all he needs to write. Mm-hmm. So um, it's just you got to find out what, what works for you in terms of consistency. Yeah,
1: I remember you know when when you know blogging really became popular about oh you know five years ago or so. There was one person that I followed in, great marketing person who had lots of great tips, but he had clearly decided I will post every day. And that was just it and that was great for a while and then he ran out of things to post and so he posted things and you went okay I mean, you know and, and it wasn't even that he was saying things again he really had just run out of things to say so you know it was a waste you know yes he was posting every day and he was keeping that commitment but yeah. we didn't read it you know and, and it really didn't take too long before you know for, you know initially you just don't read and then pretty soon you go unsubscribe you know, because you knew I'm not going to read it, so why even bother? So then, even if he had come back to posting really great content, he'd lost a lot of his his readers.
2: Yeah, Seth. Um, you're not referring to Seth Godin, are you? Mm-hmm. Are I,
1: you I, refer- I'm familiar with him. yeah, read his books. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's he um he blogs pretty often like that. Mm-hmm. But he he only he's a pretty well known marketer. Mm-hmm. He his kind so it's like two hundred three hundred words. Mm-hmm. He basically says what he needs to say in as little words as possible, right. and then just. Mm-hmm. Blogs often. I mean, yeah. he's got he's got a huge audience, so mm-hmm. it's it's. But I mean, he started out that way when he didn't have an audience. So right. yeah, you just got to find out what works and mm-hmm. find a consistency or mm-hmm. a schedule that you can actually stick with. Because yeah, like you said, eventually it's going to be hard to think about ideas, and mm-hmm. but that kind of goes back to what I said with the with the SEO, the content tip, where you look at old blogs and you upgrade them. Right. So you don't you don't need to mm-hmm. think of new topics. You can sprinkle in new mm-hmm. topics and then kind of upgrade. Uh, previous posts, mm-hmm. so it kind of alleviates the need to have to constantly think of new topics. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use Uber Suggest to do keyword research, will, which will prompt topic ideas. So, but eventually you're right, it will become difficult to think of something mm-hmm. to write
1: about. Well, and when it's difficult to think about writing it, when you do write it, it sometimes becomes difficult to read it. You know, like I said, you're, you're reading it going, well, he didn't care about this. Or she thought this was really boring. You know, she, you, you can tell they were forced into doing it. So, you know what? If that means you're doing it once a month, that's great. Because then you've got that passion and you've got that and you do that for the And then, and then you're done. You go on. The next month, you have that little passion again and away uh-huh. you go.
2: Know. There's there's an author I follow. Um, he's a sales, um, a sales trainer. Um, he's got maybe 10 books. His name mm-hmm. is Jeffrey Gittimer. Mm-hmm. He's uh, famous for his red, um, I'm trying to blank on the name of it. It's a red book of selling, red book of selling. Right. So mm-hmm. It is a little, it is a little book and it's, it's pretty, it's very well done.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: his whole thing is he writes a uh, hundred words. I think it is a day. Mm-hmm. He commits to writing a hundred words a day. Mm. And if you do that, you think about that, that's 3000 words a month.
0: Right. And a um, hundred words a day take, is not a lot. And,
2: uh, and that's
1: a, no, that's
2: doable. Even if you don't have anything to say, you can come up with a hundred words.
1: Right. Yeah. And, right. and yeah, I mean, you can, gotta, you can, you like, can scroll through your LinkedIn feed. Oh, okay. Well, I can, yeah, I can write about that or, you know, turn on TV, whatever, you know, we, uh, you know, I always tell people there's probably something going on in the world that, that you can comment on, you know, right now as, as we're recording this, um, NCAA tournaments are, are playing. And so, you know, we've seen some, some great things where people have been, you know, combining things like that. And, and you know, so you can, you can probably find a hundred words worth.
2: Right. Exactly. I thought it was a pretty cool way to look at it.
1: Yeah, I like that. Because if you and, and it's it's kind of those bite-sized chunks. I forget who, you know, somebody always talks about it. Do it in bite sized chunks. Um, or how do you how do you eat the elephant? You know, one of those type of things. We eat yeah. bite-sized pieces as opposed to, oh my god, I have this huge thing to do.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, oh my gosh, Ryan! We're we're almost at the top of the hour. We've talked about so much fun stuff, and we just scratched the surface. You know, we could geek out about this. As, you know, as, as for a long time, but you know, for for people who are interested, tell us a little bit more about Ballantine and the services that you can provide.
2: Yeah, I'll just give a quick little um, description. I mean, we, fifty um, three year old company, print and digital marketing agency. i out of New Jersey. I'm mm-hmm. um, third generation. Uh, we have about twenty people here at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we just love marketing. And um, yeah, if anyone's interested, they can visit us at Ballantyne.com. Actually, I set up a special page for your audience. Cool. It's com forward slash business power hour. Perfect.
0: I love it. Business
2: power hour. And there's a free offer on there if, if anyone wants a, a free uh, mm-hmm. analysis of their website via okay. video. Great. Uh, I'll take a look at their site, and I'll, I'll kind of do a little screen share and mm-hmm. just kind of walk oh, I through it. Very cool. what I see.
1: Um, you know, and, and it's like, ooh, you know, what, what would you tell me about mine? Hmm, I should have you look at the business power hour. That should be, you know. Um, but, yeah. but, yeah, it's it's something. And, you know, obviously you can work with clients for around the world. That is, that's the other cool thing about technology. You know, we don't have to be in one place. It's a little bit harder from the print end because, you know, people like to sometimes see what they're printing before it prints. But for all of your digital work, you know, you can definitely um, work with anyone from around the world.
2: We can. Most of our clients are locals. We can see them, but we do have clients in the West Coast. Uh, we tend to focus on a certain type of business, certain location, but we do have clients in, in uh, you know, Washington State, California. And so, uh, yeah. Right. Are there
1: any specific industries that are are you are kind of your niche?
2: Yeah. So about two years ago, we decided to really zero in on uh, manufacturers, ah. uh, professional services. Mm-hmm. And contractors, okay. so still pretty broad, but, right. but still sort of niche, and it's been a game changer for us. So um, you kind of hinted at before about you know not um, selling to everyone, mm-hmm. and so um, you know those once we once we shifted to that, and we still get other clients, right? But they have in terms of our efforts, that's what we focus on, and it's it's been a really big move for us. Great. Right. move.
1: I love that. You know, and and it's interesting. You know, we we mentioned the fact that, you know people don't want to turn away business, but In so many cases, when you get that sweet spot, you know who you want to work with. And so then, if somebody comes along and they're not quite a good fit, then you can choose. Okay, sounds interesting. I'm going to do it, or you can say, you know what, it's not a good fit for us. But we know somebody who can help you. And then the really nice thing is you refer them to somebody else, and then everybody's happy.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a good move for us. I definitely recommend recommend niching down to anyone listening.
1: Well, how do people find you and connect with you online?
2: Um, so check me on LinkedIn, uh, you know Ryan R Y A N Cote C O T E, and then the dot com forward slash uh, business power hour. Link is uh, perfect. Definitely a good place to go.
1: I love it. Well, Ryan, what are some final words you would like to leave with folks?
2: We didn't talk about this, but so it to be kind of a curveball. But um, one thing I want Ooh, to mention. Oh no,
1: we're, it's a teaser for next time. How about that?
2: <laughs> i'm a big fan of morning routines i've mm-hmm. got this my wife thinks i'm crazy but i've got a morning routine of like meditation and uh and reading and exercise mm-hmm. i even start taking cold showers first time i did it i was screaming she runs into the bathroom she's like <laughs> what's wrong i'm like i'm like the water's cold she's like uh oh we're out of hot water yeah
1: I'm like, there's a no-, <laughs> no
2: i'm doing it on purpose and she's like you're so weird and she just walks out of the bathroom <laughs> but i'm really big into like this uh personal development self-growth okay. and, uh, Morning routines. So, my recommendation is uh, everyone just look into just Google morning morning routines, and I recommend everyone gets one. So, you know, start the first hour of your day on your terms. It's a game changer.
1: Well, I love it because you're, like you said, you're starting the day the way you want to start it as opposed to you know, oh my God, what do I have to do now? You know, what, what fire do I have to put out? All those various things. So, yeah. uh, and for some people, it might only be 10 minutes, you know, but for, you know, for somebody else, they might be able to do a little bit longer. So, you yeah. know, Ryan, this was absolutely fascinating. I love chatting. Like I said, love geeking out about this because this is my passion. This is my heart. So I, I love being able to talk with my guests about things like this.
2: Thanks, Deb. I really be, I enjoy being on the show and thanks everyone for listening.
1: Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a great time talking with Ryan Cote. And until next time, everyone have a great day.
2: Thanks for
0: listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.